you're always making decisions based on the unknown. And that's exactly how investing works. And Joe's just talking about, we don't know where the end uh, result is going to be on a year-to-date basis when we close the books at the end of the year. And, and that's okay because to be a successful investor, in our opinion, you don't have to know uh, what the future holds. You don't have to know where the markets close at the end of the year. So it's it's an important sort of nuance as we as we go forward talking about these real life common sense examples that we've seen. The following presentation by New Square Capital LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from New Square or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of New Square's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory fees and services is available upon request at newsquarecapital.com. Since our beginning more than a decade ago, New Square Capital has based its investment approach on what has been proven to work combined with discipline and execution. We rely on facts, not hunches or impulses, and we know that wealth is built over the long term. Our goal with this podcast is to share what we've learned and provide insights that can be implemented with an intentional process and consistency over time. Although investing should be simple, it isn't always easy. That's where discipline comes in, something we like to think is a hallmark of our firm. A good investor is an informed investor, which is why we are excited to share our insights with you. Let's go now to the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. Hello, listeners. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. You have tuned into this very powerful medium. Uh, I am uh, very proud to be partnering with uh, New Square Capital and uh, on the New Square Capital team uh, as the as the host, as the director of the podcast. Uh, we are excited to uh, have back some um uh, some gentlemen that you know, I want to introduce again, uh, Joseph Rosello. He's the CEO and chairman uh, of New Square Capital. And of course, Ryan Kirk, he is the president and uh, the um, head of portfolio management. Uh, gentlemen, um, glad to have you back. Yeah, good and to be here. Yeah, thanks for participating. Yeah. We are excited to uh, get into the uh, the nooks and the crannies. Uh, we want to we want to get into your uh, in, into your cerebellum and get in get all the great information from many years of uh, of working uh, in this incredible industry. And of course, the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast is a uh, it's a takeoff of a, a popular book uh, from the late seventies. Um, called The Road Less Traveled. Is that right, Joseph? That's correct, MJ. Actually, the book was published by, uh, written by Scott Peck and uh, published in 1978. Uh, an inspirational book, to say the least, and certainly had a big impact on my life. Uh, and what it deals with is in life, many of us, you know, we avoid our challenges and our problems. Um, and 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 the real the real secret really is to confront them and work through those issues, those challenges. And that's the philosophy at New Square Capital to confront the challenges that markets will throw at us from time to time, work through them. And that's the inspiration for the title, The Wall Street Less Travel. Well, we're going to talk about the Wall Street less traveled. We're going to uh, debunk some of the uh, the complexities uh, in this podcast. So to all the financial advisors that are listening, all the uh, investors, um, welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about uh, common sense ideas that uh, revolve around investing and approach to the markets. Um, Ryan Kirk, uh, why don't you talk to us first about 
uh, you're just just let's delve into the idea of common sense uh, ideas around investing and approaching the markets. What does it mean? Uh, talk to us. Yeah, MJ, I think it's um, common sense investing to us is just it, it's the steps that are going to help you get from A to B, right? From your current financial situation to success and whatever success means for you, right? It could be retirement. It could be buying a house. It could be whatever financial success uh, you're you're working towards. And, and those common sense, simplified things that can help you get there. We came across a, a quote as, as we were talking about this and from Ralph Waldo Emerson, common sense is genius dressed in its working clothes, right? <laughs> so it's this concept of, of simplicity sometimes can win out. And particularly on the investment side of things, uh, we would argue that the complex is, is usually worse off for most investors. So it's, it's this idea of these, these common sense, these steps that can help you get to your end goal. Well, yeah, I, I think that, Go ahead, Joe. Tell yeah, no, I, I just like to follow up on that. Um, uh, investing doesn't need to be as difficult as some may make it, right? Um, and that's why we like to talk common sense ideas. Um, the way I look at this is that if I'm looking for a financial advisor, and by the way, there's an awful lot of people out there, um, wealthy people that run their businesses that need the help of a, a good financial advisor, a good financial planner. And, you know, some years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I had a serious illness and I interviewed four doctors before I would I, I, I selected my treatment. I see this the same way. I think that if you're in search of an advisor that can help you navigate the challenges of the market, I think that you want to look for the very best. You want you want someone that really can help you hear about those common sense ideas. Um, for instance, if they sort out an allocation for you, I think it's incumbent of you, if you're a client, to understand what you own in that portfolio. It's not too difficult to understand that. Um, I often say that if your financial advisor, not that I want, I, there's many, many good financial advisors out there that we work with, but they should be able to explain that to you. What's the target of the allocation? And and in an intelligent, simple way that you understand it. So then you know what you own. I know I feel that I would, you know, when I buy something, I want to understand it. So that's just common sense. Take the time to understand and learn what you own if you're a client out there. And Joseph, understanding what you what you own. I mean, uh, we've talked about this in the past with advisors, with end clients. Um, understanding what the strategy that you've chosen will do in in different market environments. And what happens? That becomes empowering. That becomes empowering to the end investor that knows what to expect. They know, okay, this is going to do really well in this environment. This is going to lag in this environment. And I think one of the other things from a common sense standpoint, that if if end investors, if they want you know, to do this themselves, being an above average investor takes a lot of hard work. And it takes a lot of drive and a lot of discipline. Um, but clients that that really might not want to put in all that hard work because they're putting in hard work somewhere else, whether that's family life, whether that's work life, they've got a great option. And that great option is to work with an advisor that has put in the hard work to try to be a, a better than average investor 
from an advisor standpoint or from a, a portfolio management standpoint. But regardless, knowing what you own as either you're doing it yourself or you're working with an advisor, that becomes very empowering, especially during the difficult market environments. Yeah, they should they should think of that's what I say. They should think of their advisor as their financial doctor, really, um, where you can share you can share everything about your financial life and your financial advisor um, can can help you uh, navigate uh, your financial plan going forward. Well, and the critical thing, I think, you know, Ryan, you said it before, which I thought was excellent, was, you know, um, uh, you have a you have a point A and you want to get to a point B. You know, I, I, I have a slide in our trainings where it says your current reality and your desired reality. And, and it shows a guy standing at the edge of a chasm, you know, and he's looking across like the, you know, the Grand Canyon, you know, to his desired reality or her desired reality. Right. So the the key the common sense is um uh, the 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 best financial advisor uh, correct me if i'm wrong i'm you know i'm 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 uh, i'm 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 just a member of the team i don't i don't have as much information as as you gentlemen do it's to say um okay where do you want to go as you said ryan whatever it is to you where, where do you want to what's your current reality to your desired reality the financial advisor has to be tuned in very very uh, closely to where the client wants to go. Is that correct? It's so unbelievably important. And it's funny, we, we put up a similar slide um, when we do um, you know, certain presentations. And you're kind of talking about knowing what, and this is another part of the common sense sort of investment standpoint, knowing what you want to compare it to, right? Because your end mm -hmm. goal is going to be different than somebody else's end goal. But knowing what you compare it to, whether that's a benchmark that you're comparing your portfolio to, or just uh, an end goal in general, you don't want to compare it to somebody else. You don't want to compare it to your your in-laws crypto strategy at a barbecue. If you've got a bond portfolio, they're going to do much different things. So you have to know based on your own plan, your own goals, your own investment capabilities, what you need to compare it to. Because we've seen, I mean, Joseph, you probably speak to this. We've seen a lot of people sort of get in trouble of, of thinking and, and, and assuming that it's compared to one thing when it when it really is a totally different you know idea or asset class or investment uh in general yeah i mean the the just to follow up on on ryan's point there in terms of strategy we i, I love quotes ryan loves quotes and when i see i see one i read a quote that rings the bell i write it down i put i post it on my bulletin board um you know, the one goes like this, the, the, the perfect financial strategy or investment strategy over the long run is worthless if you can't stick with it over the short term. OK, and particularly these kinds of markets, same client that you had three years ago or four years ago, aggressive growth client, all of a sudden finds himself in a market like 2022. He's no longer aggressive or she's no longer aggressive. They're conservative all of a sudden. That's when our, when the financial advisors that we're talking to have to take control of that relationship and let the client know what they agree to. And more importantly, if the strategy is disappointing, it, it, disappointing at that particular time, explain to them, okay, what's going wrong in, in the strategy itself? Um, because 
you're, you know, if you're invested for the long term, you're going to have those periods of disappointment. And it's okay. As long as you can tell the client and talk to the client what's not working in the strategy and why. Um, so here we are in 2022. Um, it's probably the most challenging market from neg- from a negative return point of view since 2008, 2009. Um, I don't know how we're going to close the year. I don't know. You, you never know. Markets markets have a way of fooling you. They can surprise you. And, you know, who knows? We may get it all back and, and it's even at the end of the year or up at the end of the year. But um, that's probably not the highest probability. So folks out there, if you're looking at most indices, are looking at de- uh, double-digit negative returns for the first time in many, many years. So this is the time to be talking to clients. This is time for clients to be talking to advisors, understanding where they are. Is their strategy still in play, still right uh, for this particular time itself? And Joseph, you're talking about, um, you know, as I listen to you, you're talking about some of these things that before we get into maybe some of these real life common sense examples that we've seen. But the idea of, of not being defined by the outcomes because the future is unknown, right? And and sometimes you can have a, a good, let's call it a trade um, that goes in your favor, but that's that's the outcome. That's not, that's not what defines if it was actually a good decision or not, right? The ends don't always justify the means. There's a famous poker player that wrote a book a few years ago. Her name was Annie Duke. And she, the book was all about decision making. And she wrote this book and then she did this book tour and she went around speaking to various companies and asking CEOs. She would ask every single one. She would say, what's the best decision that you've made over the past year? And invariably, that CEO would say, "Okay, what was the decision I made? And the outcome was a good outcome. Never did they think about it and go, the decision I made, I stuck to my process. It was a good decision. They always related it to the end outcome of the decision. And that's not how investing works. That's not how poker works, right? It's you're always making decisions based on the unknown. And that's exactly how investing works. And Joseph just talking about, we don't know where the end uh, result is going to be on a year-to-date basis when we close the books at the end of the year. And and that's okay because to be a successful investor, in our opinion, you don't have to know uh, what the future holds. You don't have to know where the markets close at the end of the year. So it's it's an important sort of nuance as we as we go forward talking about these real life common sense examples that we've seen. I love it. I love it. Really good. So so it's it's not it's not how you if if you win a hand it's uh, if you uh, win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's if you you executed your plan properly, right? If you yes. if you played you know pocket twos versus playing pocket aces every time. Um, most of the time you're playing pocket aces, even if they lose. Are you going to stop yourself from playing pocket aces the next time? No. And for the poker players out there, you know, pocket aces is a very good hand. You're probably not going to stop playing that because you lost one hand of pocket aces. So a lot of these things then, you know, they they, they sort of relate to some of these common sense, you know, investing examples that we've seen. Um, one of those being, I, yeah, go ahead, Joseph. No, I was just thinking that's where the discipline comes in, right? Uh, anybody that sat at a poker table knows that. <laughs> okay. You chase, um, you 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 chase because you, you, the cards are not coming to you, so you force it and you wind up losing pot after pot after pot. It's the same thing in this in this business. You know, you you get a lot of disc, 
you know, uh, discontented clients uh, in a given year or a given quarter. And what do they do? They change their allocation and they chase performance. And the data out there is is enormous. It doesn't work over the long time for most investors. Uh, I know that uh, Ryan and I use an, an example. We use an example of a, a gentleman a gentleman that managed. Uh, uh, I guess it was a focus fund, right? Right, the name of it. Um, uh, um, uh, what was his name? Remind me what his name was. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come up with it later. Yeah. So, so a gentleman that you know, I guess it was the decade to 2000 to 2009. Uh, I think I have the dates right. Correct, right? He was, he was. Yeah, Ken Hebner was his name. He was the number one rated fund by Morningstar over that ten year period. He produced an 18 plus percent annual rate of return. But when you look at what the clients did in that fund, it's astonishing, right? Over that same period, a client, the clients in that fund were down an average of 11 plus percent, negative 11 plus percent in a fund that returned 18 plus percent on an annual basis. Why did that happen? Right. Why don't you speak to that? I mean, because a lot of people ask that. Why did it happen? Well, it's because they they did some of these things that you were just talking about on a poker table, right? Chasing, not being disciplined, chasing performance. Um, in a fund like that, a lot of the investors piled into the fund after it had already achieved some pretty good relative performance. And then when it didn't go in their favor, they ended up leaving the fund and withdrawing their money as it was going through one of its inevitable periods of underperformance. So... Those types of things, you, you can then measure them and say, what did, to Joseph's point, the average investor got? And they turned a positive 18% annualized rate of return into a negative 11% rate of return, which which is just, it's it's incredible when you come, when you step back and think about it. So they were, they were chasing cult of personality. They were, they were chasing performance. They gave up their long-term strategy uh, and they, uh, and they ultimately did not get to point B. Is that what you're saying, Ryan? Uh, that's that's a that's a great way to put it. I think. Um, and and we understand it too. And that's the other side of it. It's the, those that psychological emotional part of it um, comes into it. And I think you know we're, we're 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 talking about these common sense types of examples. The 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 one that is related to that is is sort of not listening to others. Have your own common sense plan I, I i saw an example today and it was a great example and it was um you know within our industry there are analysts that have um upgrades or downgrades on stocks and one analyst downgraded a stock peloton and they finally did this you know later in the year of 2022 they did this after that stock lost 94 percent of its value from its peak so if you were waiting on the analyst to give you a common sense idea of, of what to do, um, you know, listening to, to others can sometimes get in the way of whatever common sense idea you have laid out. So something like that is just a screaming example to us of sort of do the work, do your own research, make sure that you understand what you're trying to do with your plan, um, because listening to others could really get in the way sometimes. Yeah, I think that I think that. Um... It all comes down to, so, so we're talking about the examples that Ryan used and, and the fact that people lose the discipline at the most important times. It all comes, and, and our very best financial advisors that are listening to this podcast right now, 
there's a there's a consistent theme that runs through their success and their and their clients, the clients that are listening to this this podcast that have the most success or are the happiest with their advisors. It starts at the very beginning. What's the plan? What's the risk profile? What what will you do in challenging markets? Again, I'll use another quote, Jack Bogle, the great Jack Bogle, founder of the Vanguard Group. You can't handle a 20% negative, a 20% decline in the market, 20% plus decline in the market. You have no business being invested in the market because those times are going to come. No one can predict the market consistently. No one can predict what the future holds consistently. So it starts at the beginning. At when you're laying when when you're a client doing the interview of your financial advisor, when the financial advisor's doing the interview with the client, what is the plan after you have all that information? Um, how, you know, what's the term of this investment? So that helps when you get into the challenging times. You're probably going to have the conversation again in these challenging times and remind them what the plan was and what's going on in the portfolio, what's working and what's not working. Really well said. Really well said. So let's talk about um, some real life examples, um, common sense examples. Uh, Any other examples, gentlemen, about um, acting the right way? Common sense examples that you have for us, Ryan? I I, I think. Joseph touched on some of those. I think the only other one that I would add there um, is I think most people have heard of this idea of dollar cost averaging and what that means to invest into uh, into whatever strategy you have. But the, the flip side of that, we've seen this over the last few years, a couple glaring examples where clients get so fed up with the market that they can't handle it anymore and they throw their hands up and say, get me out. And a lot of times, emotions have gotten the best of, of the client. And, and something that, that we've seen work in various times like that is just do the opposite of dollar cost average, kind of dollar cost average on the way out. Say, hey, look, maybe we do a third of that today. You know, if you want to sell and go to cash, maybe do a third of that today and then come back in two weeks and do a third of it then because your emotional makeup may have changed in those ensuing two weeks as the market potentially settled down a little bit. Then if you do the second one, you do the the third one two weeks after that, you've spaced it out and tried to make a solid common sense decision, not in the throes of an emotional environment. So we've seen how how good that can work on going into an investment and it can work equally well getting out of the investment. Yeah, you know, on 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 that note, Ray, um just Let's let's just talk a little bit about 2022. Um, uh, it's 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 again, you know, it's been one of the most challenging markets we've seen in a long, long time. Um, uh, there's any number of individual stocks out there that household names that have been hammered really hard here. The bond market has suffered because of the Fed right raising interest rates. Um, so therefore, anybody that's holding a bond position is looking at negative principal uh, in their account, perhaps, uh, although if they hold it to maturity, they'll have their, uh, their principal return. What do you, everybody, everybody wants the bottom, uh, right? Everybody said, is this the bottom? Do we have it? Okay. Is this the time to pile, pile in? Uh, and I know, I, I know you've used the quote on me a couple of times, Um I'll let you say it, you know, about the market being guilty and you you should say that. So 
what do you in in terms of this market right here? Uh, anything, any light you can shed on um, uh, the action, the action that we're seeing here. I know that the market market bottoms are a process. Do you see any of that in play right here? It's it's a common question. I think it's a it's a common sense question too um, about what the typical market scenarios could be from here. Um, and what you're talking about, Joseph, is, is how difficult of a market we've seen in 2022. We've just kind of kept saying this market is guilty until it's proven innocent. How many times have how many rallies have there been in just this calendar year? Um, looking at the index level, we've seen seven rallies of six percent or more before the market has rolled over again and hit new lows. Right. So seven times the market has tried to rally at least six percent. And those aren't small rallies. We had a 9% rally, a 13, three 6% rallies, a 10% rally, and a 19% rally. All of them have rolled over and hit new lows. But the funny thing is, every one of those, for the most part, felt like the bottom, right? Joseph, I mean, you've, you've, you've talked to end investors, you've talked to clients. When we're going through one of those sort of rally scenarios, is it a usual, a typical type of reaction to say, hey, we're out of the woods, right? We've started, we're, we're on the way back up. I mean, do you, do you fend off those types of answers from time to time? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, absolutely. They want that answer from me. Uh, this is the bottom is what they want from me. Um, of course, we'll never do that. And, and, you know, another message I have on my board that we use, you know, New Square, our consistent behavior in managing clients' money will trump what is happening right now. Does that make sense? It's going to trump what's happening right now. I know over the long term, you know, that the way we manage our clients' money and the systematic approach we take and the process that we use is going to pan out in the long run. That's why we we have to, it's our job uh, to furnish our advisors and our clients with solid information when when they're having these periods of disappointment it's critical to us to be communicating it's not it's not good enough to say everything's going to be okay we got to tell them what's going on right now and 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 let them know what what particular model they might be in why it might be suffering at this point in time or maybe it's doing better than the average you know than the index out there and why that is. In other words, try to keep people focused on what is working in the portfolio and what is not working in the portfolio. And the things that are not working in the portfolio, we should have good answers for those. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, as we go to land this plane, uh, gentlemen, great, uh, great information today. Uh, I think both for uh, the financial advisors um, as well as the, the end investors, the clients. Uh, very, very powerful um, information. Uh, Ryan, you want to take us out with a, a sentence or two about common sense, and then Joseph will give you the uh, the last shot at the locker room speech uh, as we uh, as we end. What do you? What do you? I, uh, Ryan, I got to tell you, my favorite my favorite line was when when you hear your in laws' crypto strategy at a barbecue. That to me, <laughs> that was the killer. 
That was well, the killer just, line. And that, by the way, that's not. I want to say to everybody, that's not common sense. Listening to your in-laws' crypto strategy at a barbecue—that's not <laughs> what we meant by common sense, right, man? Yeah, correct. And I think it's it's uh, it's probably more or less a sign of the times uh, than anything when when uh, that comes about. And I think just now these market scenarios that that could play out and, and trying to potentially relate them to past market scenarios. And where do we go from there? Cause there is, there is uh, potentially, are we in just another one of those bounces that we were talking about, um, you know, before we see some downside, but there's also, there's, there's, there's scenarios where we've, you know, where we could hit a bottom and see some cho choppy sideways action or the environment that most people want is just, we're in some new beginning to the next bull market. Um, but I think where we stand from a New Square Capital standpoint is what we believe makes a successful investment for, for, for you, for anybody, is, is how your portfolio reacts, not over the next three months, right? Because the next three months could be a huge amount of volatility that comes back in the market, even if we've already bottomed. Because as Joseph, I think, said earlier on, bottoming is a process. And it doesn't mean if we've hit a bottom, that you're going to be able to get to the other side of the investment. Sometimes it's really difficult because volatility is still there, even though we've hit a bottom. So it's not necessarily the importance about what goes on over the next three months. It's about how a portfolio reacts over the next years and the next parts of the market cycle. And that's what we as a firm are, are trying to concentrate on at a time like this. I love what Ryan said. Um, it, it really doesn't matter what your portfolio is doing over the next three to six months. So good common sense is feel free to ignore the news and stay focused on your plan. Building wealth is a long-term commitment with a solid plan right next to it. 2022 has been a challenging year for the markets. And what we're finding is unwinding COVID policies is proven to be difficult, perhaps more difficult than anyone expected. Now, we all witnessed over the last um, uh, over the pandemic, the last couple of years um, from a monetary policy, it's been an overreaction and five trillion dollars of, of of more debt, uh, increasing the money supply M2 by 40 percent. Uh, chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, inflation is at a 40 year high. Now, the Fed had to act they had no choice their backs were to the wall so in in 2022 they've raised interest rates six times already and there's probably more 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 rate rate increases ahead no one can know exactly what the near-term future uh, in the market holds it's it's it really is foolish to even think about that but when you think about what the market is telling us is there's a there's still some uncertainty there um, ahead and conventional wisdom or uh, the 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 general consensus is uh, we're going to go into a recession in 2023. Um, don't be surprised if that happens. And I would also say don't be surprised if it doesn't happen. Um, but but the, the probabilities are in the favor of us seeing a recession in 223. And I think with the market tends to look ahead and that's what it's probably telling us here. So is there more pain ahead? Perhaps. Again, good common sense is to stay focused on your plan, make adjustments around the edges if need be. 
I really believe that the resiliency of this country, the American people, the ingenuity uh, is at its very best when our backs are to the wall. Markets will adjust and a new cycle will begin and a big opportunity will present itself. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, very well said. Uh, Common sense is genius dressed in its working clothes. (laughs) That's a great quote. I love that one. Um, so thank you to uh, to Joseph and Ryan for being here today. Uh, really appreciate your wisdom, your comments, uh, your levity, your jocularity. Uh, and uh, to all of our listeners, um, we really appreciate you listening uh, to The Wall Street Less Traveled. Uh, and uh, we hope you'll check back on, our, on a very regular basis for more episodes uh, with more great uh, education, information, and insights. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, MJ. All right. Thank you, MJ. Good stuff. uh, Yep. And we will see you all on the next episode of The Wall Street Less Traveled. That concludes this episode of The Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in regularly for new episodes and get connected to the ideas, information, and insights that will help you succeed. We'll see you on the next episode. The previous presentation by New Square Capital LLC was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation services serves as receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from New Square or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. New Square is neither a law firm nor an accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the video or podcast content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if NewSquare is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of NewSquare's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at NewSquareCapital.com.